that's a tough pill to swallow. No way around it. Tough way to spend three uh, three plus hours of our collective lives. <laughs> uh, you get home runs from Vladdy, Springer, Davis Schneider again. You have to battle with the umpires as well as the other team, people in the ballpark waiting with Ben Wagner, I think, correctly said, bated breath on slow strike three calls or no strike three calls. The usually incredibly reliable Tim Meza blowing a big opportunity. The game goes 11 innings. As we have seen so much this year, a white knuckle grip on the steering wheel all the way to the end, but a 10-7 loss in extra innings today to wrap up this Guardian series at the Rogers Center. Uh, yeah, a ugly way to end a, a series against a team that is well below 500. Uh, welcome to Jay's Talk on the Sportsnet Radio Network, streaming live on sportsnet.ca and on the Sportsnet app. Show Ali with you, taking your calls and texts. You guys know the drill. Phone lines are open. 416-870-0590, star 590 on your cellular device. 590-590 is the text line. The People's Text Line, which is always open, and leave your name and location. I'm sure you'll want to vent about some of the things you saw today. I think there were some positives, but uh, certainly when you lose by three runs after having the lead multiple times in this one, it does make it very, very tough. I, I admit just some prelim thoughts before we get to the phones. I admit I, I didn't entirely ha- understand the Jay Jackson pitch to Cole Calhoun. Like The guy had been swinging the bat pretty well all day long but you know what at the end of the day and my colleague Ben Ennis pointed this out on on X earlier but uh, the Jays had a runner on second with nobody out including the ninth and tenth with chances to outright win this ball game and they scored zero runs like both teams at points in this game had runners on second and third with less than two outs one team cashed in two runs in that situation one team cashed zero runs and uh, I will let you guess which of the two teams playing today, uh, unfortunately, is which. Uh, so the Jays now actually are, I guess they are 71-60, and 60, which means that now there are 31 games remaining in the regular season. So let, let's say, let's just say 92 wins gets you to, into the playoffs. Might be less than that, but let's, let's just say it's 92 wins. That means the Jays, now that this game is in the books, have to go 21-10. and 10. The rest of the way. That is a 677 winning percentage. Now, the franchise uh, yeah, has actually won 91 games or more eight times in team history. They've won 92 games or more six times in team history, which includes last year, 2022. So a 92-win season would uh, equal last year's record. But and I see this a lot on the text line, and I, I see it on social media as well, and I kind of agree that even if you did win, unless things drastically turned around between now and it's, it's August 27th today. Between now and, uh, and almost exactly a month from now, because the season ends, I think, on October 1st. So we're just a smidge over a month in terms of actual calendar days to be played. Even if you do get 92 wins, just like the, the feel, it's not something you can really quantify, but the feel, the vibes around the team are just, uh, they're just a little, a little out of focus, right? Like a little off of somewhat. But So my question to you guys and, of course, we'll talk about anything you want on the text line, 590-598, name and location, and on the phone lines as well. But what do you think? Can they grab 21 more wins between now and the end of the regular season? How, how important is it for the team to grab a bunch of those wins specifically now in the next 12 games? Again, you can let me know 
uh, at 590-590. And, and, you know, speaking of the current stretch the Jays find themselves in, uh, Sportsnet had flashed us on the TV screen, but coming into this series, the Guardians had a team ERA of four, like fourth overall in Major League Baseball. And now this isn't in order, but the Nationals, Rockies, Athletics, and Royals, the next four teams, have team ERAs that range from 27th to 30th. So in other words, the four worst teams by team ERA make their way to Toronto beginning tomorrow. The Nationals did lose today, but good heavens. The margin for error has drawn even smaller. The Astros did win today, and in a stretch of 15 games, which includes this Guardian series, where it was thought you'd have to go 12-3. and three. I think that was a number that Buck had thrown out when he was chatting with Blair. I think it was on Friday. If you have to go 12-3 and three in these 15 games, and you've already lost two of those games to the Guardians? Gosh, like if you're not outright sweeping teams like the Nats, Rockies, A's, and Royals, and the Nats, despite the loss, have been playing pretty well. I mean, that's going to be – the margin for error, like I said, super, super, super small now, and it's going to be really tough going forward. All right, let's go to the phones. 416-870-0590, 590 star 590 on your cell. Russ joins us from New Jersey. Russ, welcome to JSOC. What's on your mind, pal? One of the worst losses I could remember. It's just, it's, you know, you go into the game and you see Kikuchi against Syndergaard, and I, I know Syndergaard pitched pretty decently the last game of the series – you know, the four-game series on Cleveland won four to three. But this guy's been terrible most of the year. You listen even to some of the people in Cleveland. He's not being competitive. And you think you're going to win. And I know the home runs were nice, but we hit through five innings. I think we had two hits. They happened to be both home runs. Now, I know everyone keeps on bringing in the Nationals, you know, terrible ERA. But you know what? Go look at the since the All-Star game. I think they're about nine or ten games over five hundred. They yeah. beat the Phillies this series. They swept the Giants this series. They beat the Reds this series. So they, they, they've been playing good baseball. And the problem is when you don't hit, okay, sometimes it really doesn't matter how good the pitcher is because the Blue Jays have made bad pitchers look great this year, okay? You know, you made, you made Gibson the other night look like Bob Gibson, you know, in, in, with, the, with the Orioles. So the point is, you know what? They're going to have to score on the – you know, Oakland is just a bad team. And, 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 and uh, you know, Oakland's a terrible team. And KC probably the same. But remember something else. These teams ahead of you aren't going to lose that much either. You know, Seattle has a pretty easy schedule. Houston, you think, is going to play better. Now they have Alvarez back, and it seems like he's getting more comfortable. You know, Texas, I know, has been struggling. They just gave up the lead today in the ninth inning. It's 5-5. Five, five. But you're going to have to score runs. And everyone thinks it's going to be a cakewalk in the next day. It's not. Washington's playing well. You're going to have to pitch well. And with these injuries, which we don't know what they are, to Bichette and to Chapman, you know, it might be a tall order. And if this team doesn't make the playoffs, it's going to be bad. Russ, if the team doesn't make the playoffs, what, what changes need to happen? Listen, you know, it, it, it's not fair for me to say, but – you know the trade. You, you look at the trades this year that they made. You know Teoscar Hernandez, I think has one or two more RBIs. Here's a guy who's playing down the stretch. He had six RBIs the other night. He has about 74. He would have, the, I think, the most RBIs on the Jays. Okay, if he was playing today. You made the Guriel. Gabriel Marino's hitting 280. He throws runners out. I'm not saying he's the next coming of Johnny Bench. Okay, but that trade. But Marshall has played a lot better. In the, in the last two weeks, but you gave up two guys, good players offensively, 
and you didn't really replace them. So that trade, you know, the, the Arizona trade does not look good. Um, you know, giving Teoscar for Swanson, he's, you know, Swanson's been good, but the bottom line is getting to, having a guy who's going to probably have 90 ribbies this year, okay, and Teoscar Hernandez, and to give him up, you get it, it. Something has to fall on the GM. Now, in fairness to the GM, I don't think any of us envisioned that Vladimir Guerrero would have 20 home runs today. You know what I mean? So I think to be fair to him, you know, he thought, but listen, you know what? That, that's <laughs> the, 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 the game of sports is, you know, when you, when you lose, you know, someone has to take the fall. And I, I think that there's a good chance that the general manager who, let's be honest, 2016 was Alex Anthopoulos' team to 2017. You haven't won a single playoff game. So if you don't make the playoffs, I'll be seven years. I don't think most cities would put up with it, but maybe Toronto does. Hey, Russ, I appreciate the call, man. Thank you for joining me on Jay's Talk. Uh, it's true. I mean, I've said this a couple times, but I think sometimes, unless you're like out, outright winning tons of games or you know pennants or championships, sometimes you just need change, right? Like sometimes, you, sometimes that's required. Like I feel like you've seen other franchises and maybe they're less well run than the Blue Jays and that is certainly the case for some of them at least but make changes for lesser reasons but yeah I mean after a, after a certain point maybe that that is what's required right I mean I got to think in the Blue Jays particular case with that having someone like James Click as a consultant who is already involved in building a World Series champion for the Houston Astros you got you got to think that that would make the 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 potential change of a general manager if that's what's decided is needed easier right like having his like if there was no one else maybe that maybe that is you, you, give, you get more pause that way for example but yeah if they miss the playoffs I, I gotta think that some kind of major change is, is due because running it back exactly the same way and again I, I think actually no matter what next year will not be the same squad because of all the impending free agents on the pitching side and certainly on the position player side. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it is tough because, I mean, Russ mentioned it was one of the worst losses he can remember. I, I got to say, I said this a couple times on Jay's talk this year, I am sick of coming out here and saying, well, that was the worst loss of the season, only for it to be, like, one-upped by another worst loss. And, yeah, like, for example, the, the collapse against the Dodgers is going to count for the same uh, w- the same one loss as a win, you know, or, or a loss today, for example, to the Guardians. But I don't know. Like, it, it almost feels like it's it, neither of it are acceptable by any means, but it, it certainly feels far less acceptable to lose to – Again, Noah Syndergaard, who has not pitched well on the balance of this season, and then you still get enough home runs to give you, and enough runs overall to give you seven runs on the day. Yeah, I, I see a lot of texts here on the text line that say things like, I'm not sure you can really blame either the pitching or the offense for once, because, again, seven runs is more than I feel like we've all collectively seen in, in a long time. But, uh, yeah, it is it is absolutely an ugly loss, and uh, it is less acceptable when it is a team like uh, like Cleveland. Uh, let's go back to the phones. Russ in Oshawa joining us here on JSTOCK. Russ in New Jersey, now Russ in Oshawa. Russ, what's on your mind? Hey, uh, the Magic Box. I disagree with Mr. Blair. I had a chat with him on okay. one night. Uh, and I watched the game today, and I've watched a lot of baseball since 77. Uh, 
Jays, whoever. And I got, this is my comment on that. Which is more accurate? That box, uh, pitch to pitch, or umpires? And I'll tell you from what I can see, the box. For the simple reason, everybody, every umpire is different. That's the problem. They don't have the strength, same strike zone. Today it was really tight. And even when the pitches were half, the half the ball was in the strike zone, they didn't call it. That's not very good. uh, You know, I understand uh, I understand people don't see everything exactly the same. I understand that. Sure. But if you use the box, it's going to be 95 to 96% accurate for, their, for what they want for a strike zone. Hey Russ, I appreciate the call. Thanks for joining me on, on Jay's talk. Yeah, I, I look you you are you are preaching to the exact right person when it comes to the uh, the umpiring. Absolutely, like I I am I'm here for more consistency in the strike zone. I don't think there was a single person at the ballpark who was thrilled with uh, with Shane Livensparger's strike zone. And you know what? It was it was pretty bad for the Guardians too. Like certainly, I think the Jays got jobbed far more. But it was just an overall atrocious tr- strike zone today. Springer, for example, benefited directly from that when uh, he he probably he took a pitch that probably should have been strike three. It was not. And then, what, two pitches later, he jacks one for a solo home run. So it was overall just absolutely terrible. There needs to be some kind of consistency. And, you know, if we talk about Yusei Kikuchi very briefly here, I mean, he went six innings, six hits, four runs, all of which were earned. Eight strikeouts, two walks, and the home run to Jose Ramirez. I mean, look at that Jose Ramirez home run. If we look at the third inning, he goes yard. It was a second straight game. But it's not right that he that Kikuchi had to throw the extra pitches after the strikeout that ended up being a walk to Miles Straw because had that gone correctly, Jose Ramirez would have never seen the plate in that inning. It's just so strange, right? Like on that pitch specifically, just to hone in on it for a quick second before we go back to the phones, uh, it's not as though – it's some like weird corkscrewing pitch that like, coming in from a funky angle. It was like a relatively straight four seam fastball is heading right for the plate. It, it's not a borderline call either. Like there were a couple of borderline calls today where like the ball just clips the edge of the strike zone. And to Russ's point, like it sometimes it, it is really hard to see. Yes, robot umps would some solve that, but. In those situations, I can kind of sort of overlook it because they're just like it's like millimeters being clipped in terms of the strike zone. But for that one that got called to Miles Straw, like the entire baseball is in the zone. And like I said, Noah Syndergaard also got hosed, but good heavens, awful all day long. Unfortunately, um, if you guys are curious about this, I would highly suggest giving a read to this article that Jason Stark, who writes for The Athletic, great writer, Comes on with Blair pretty often. Uh, I did, unfortunately, see an article. It was all well-written article, but from Stark this past week that suggests that Robotums are not as close to making their major league debut as we think. I think he did like interviews with a bunch of AAA ball players, and they're not thrilled with the way the the Robotums or the buzzers or whatever you want to call them are going on or how they're working out in the minors. So. Uh, I definitely suggest reading that because it was a fascinating article because you guys know I'm here for robot umpires. As much as I love like the art of pitch framing and guys snatching pitches that are below the zone back into to kind of fool 
kind of quote unquote fool the umpire. That I am I am here for those kinds of things, but I I, I kind of feel like the trade off would be worth it when it comes to uh, when it comes to robot strike zones. All right, let's go back to the phones. Four one six eight seven zero zero five ninety one triple eight triple six zero five ninety star five ninety on your cell. Billy in Markham. Billy, I haven't heard you from you in a while. What's up? Ah. Well, I, again, like everybody says, tough loss. But, guys, you know, you got to look at it both ways. I, I mean, yeah, the Jays had a lot of chances here to win the game, but, but so did Cleveland. I, I, I mean, uh, Miles Straw taking strike three uh, with runners on first and third one out. Uh, Stephen Kwan taking strike three, a fastball down the middle when they could have blown the game open. I mean, we can talk about this strike zone all we want. It's baseball 101, fellas. You should never be caught looking. If the pitch is three inches outside, what do they tell you? With two strikes, you're swinging at anything. If you get caught looking, that's your fault. I don't care if the umpire made a bad decision. It's just ridiculous the way the game is being played nowadays. Guys taking fastballs down the middle for strikes. What are you looking for with two strikes? What, are you guessing slider with two strikes? You've got to be protecting. You've got to shorten your swing. You, this stuff cannot happen. And, and, and we want to talk about bad decisions today. First of all, Danny Jansen, what kind of jump was that off of second base? Now, I know we probably would have put a pinch runner in for you. But, my God, the first baseman kicked it, kicked it, bobbled it in his hands, and still threw you out by 15 feet. You've got to get a better jump than that. And, and our manager... Like, like, why, why was, why was uh, the guy that hit the double off the wall, why was he not put on? And, okay, he hit the double off the wall. Loriano has just killed us in this series. Okay, we're down two runs, but we got a runner on second base. Why don't you put him on also? You got first base open. But, no, you let him hit, and now it's a four-run game, and it's basically the ball game's over. Look, Joe, I'm going to leave this with you. I'm going to leave it like this, very right. simply. You've seen small ball baseball that's going to be played in the playoffs. And the Jays can't play small ball baseball. This is how you're going to have to win in the playoffs. And it's obvious right now the Jays, the Jays just can't do it. They need base hit, base hit, home run, score three runs. And that's not going to win. It's just not going to win the playoffs. And the last thing I'll leave with you. I've been hearing this talk for about, I don't know, since July about this weak-ass schedule that we have coming down the stretch i want to ask you this do you think maybe the detroit tigers the colorado rockies and the washington nationals might be saying something the opposite saying oh thank god thank god we get a break in the schedule we get the blue jays for three games maybe that's how they're thinking that's all i got show all right, see you, Billy. There he goes, Billy from Markham, joining us on Jay's Talk. Appreciate it, man. Yeah, it, it, I mean, look, it, def- it definitely sometimes feels like a lot of opposing pitchers th- like kind of don't don't fear the Blue Jays lineup as we feel they should, but the Blue Jays have not given the opposing pitchers to fear them the way we feel they should, <laughs> essentially, right? They, we haven't seen that. Billy's right. I mean, I, I think, uh, too, a, lo- a lot of these teams that are out of it, for example, the Cleveland Guardians, probably, right? Like, And certainly the four teams that are coming to play, the Blue Jays, the uh, the Washington Nationals, the Royals going to be here, and then the Rockies and A's going to take those guys on on the road. And I mean, you know what? Those teams have nothing to play for. They, I'm sure they would be more than happy to play spoiler, kind of like the Nationals have been for the last, like, what, two weeks, essentially? I think they're, they're now 11 
11 wins in the last 15 games, I think including today's loss for the Nationals, which is pretty remarkable for a team that sits like at or near the bottom of the division, their, their collected division. So I don't know. It's, it, it is, it's really ugly. To, to Billy's point on some of the small ball things, and I, I see a lot of the small ball texts on the text line, right? Like I see here, uh, let's see. Uh, Biggio Bunting. A lot of texts about Biggio Bunting. There, there's no name on this one, but uh, Biggio Bunting, can we get rid of John Schneider now? Greg and Milton, confused, having Biggio Bunt who can't, but then don't have Belt Bunt who can. I don't understand. Schneider, Randy in Ottawa, do the Jays know how to play small ball? I've been a fan for years. I've never seen it. With the rule of runner placed on second, don't you think it would make sense to have that in your arsenal? Oh, maybe it would help to not strand runners also. Yeah, I mean, it would help. <laughs> you're, you're not wrong. Um, th- this is less on the small ball. It's just a, 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 perhaps a general observation. There's no name on this one, but it says, Jays have to look at bringing those two guys in AAA, uh, Biggio and Espinal, are rally killers. I assume that those two guys means uh, Barger, Addison Barger, and Elvis Martinez. I would think. I mean, there's no name. Like, he doesn't refer to a specific guy, but those are the, the two more popular prospects that I think would help in terms of playing in the infield if you're replacing guys like Biggio and Espinal. Uh, Adam from Vancouver. Hey, guys, like to know your thoughts on Biggio bunting. Hated that idea. You got a man on second with zero outs. Three batters to get one single. Top of the order coming up. Maybe if it was a guy with a history of bunting, but clearly Biggio can't. Terrible move by the manager, I thought. Thank you. And you know what? I mean, Adam is right. And a lot of you guys have te- texted about the Paul in Toronto. If you're going to have Biggio bunt, would you not pinch run for Jansen? Faster runner beats the tag at third. So a lot of texts about Biggio bunting. And look, the simple explanation, it was a bad bunt. And Biggio has not often shown that he can bunt very consistently. Maybe you've seen it once or twice, but we have, we have not seen it all that consistently. You got Santiago Espinal swinging away on 3-0 and with the green light. It's uh yeah, it's that's uh, it's a tough that's a tough one to look at. All right, let's go back to the phones. Four one six eight seven oh zero five ninety one triple eight triple six zero five ninety star five ninety on your cell. Chris joining us from Brampton. Chris, what's on your mind? Welcome to J Stock. Hi show. Thanks for taking my call again, man. Yeah. I spoke to a producer and said my synopsis on this season is like this. I listen to you guys all day, almost every hour. I saw I heard Jeff talking the other day with Buck. And Buck said you have to win twelve, well, you know, fifteen. And I'm 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 a bit confused because I thought first first of all I'm a big Rutherford fan, and I voted yes we're going to make the playoffs. But after an exhibition like this today, I'm saying to myself, do we really have a team that can go to the playoffs and even go further in the playoffs? And I. After the start today with Vladdy's two-run home run, I have a question for you, Show. Sure. Why does Biggio and Vladdy go up and hit at the first pitch when we're all allowed three strikes? Because I saw the approach from people like Belt, Varsho, um, and our big star, David Scheider, doing, you know, going up to the plate and saying, okay, what am I looking for? What am I going to look for to hit? I don't see that anymore. And as I said, I, I voted for Roger to go. Jay is going to make the playoffs. But after a game like this today, you have to ask yourself, are we really that team that can do that? So I appreciate your calls, your shows, man. Thanks a lot. Hey Chris, thank you for joining me here on here on Jay's Talk. Yeah, it is. You guys know I'm. A, I, I I just want to sometimes, especially when when pitchers are somewhat struggling or have already struggled. 
I want to see more takes at the plate. You don't have to swing at every single pitch, right? Biggio, Biggio I think, has over the balance of the season shown a little bit more uh, discipline, but certainly we did not see that necessarily today. I, I, I will admit, and I see some text here about Vladimir Guerrero Jr., like uh, I, uh, Mike and Victoria, I know Vladdy has a good record for runners in scoring position. I wonder how many of those are in high leverage situations. The eye test is not there with Vladimir Guerrero Jr. And there was another one on Vladdy, uh, and I, I admit, I apologize, I'm missing it because there was just like a bazillion texts <laughs> coming in here. But a lot of a lot of texts that are about about Vladdy, basically, uh, you know, in the sense of, oh, I've I've had enough of Vladdy. Oh, here it is, enough of Vlad. Tenth doesn't take a single pitch, trying to play the hero. Game sense not good. Trade him while he still has some value. It is aggravating. It is aggravating. I will agree with that. It is absolutely frustrating because I feel like we we even today. Today, we got a tantalizing taste of what Vladimir Guerrero Jr. can do, right? He blasts like an absolute no-doubt home run. He hammers one, and it felt like it is vintage Vladdy for that absolute rocket. And, and then you and then you kind of see the opposite side of it when he t- he he kind of swings away. Now, again, I, I think is seeing what we got from him early in this game is kind of why I hesitate to put too much of the blame for this particular loss, even if it is sometimes frustrating watching him at the plate, knowing what he can do. But I, I hesitate to put too much of the blame for today's 10-7 loss on Vladdy specifically because he did hit that two-run home run. And then on top of it, the guy he was facing on the mound was – perhaps one of the better closers in all of baseball in Emmanuel Class A. They bring in, like, they specifically went to go get Emmanuel Class A from the bullpen to face Vladdy because I'm sure if they had lent, left uh, Henchies, I think that's how you say his name, but if they have let the other guy out there, I have I almost feel like I have no doubt, or maybe maybe very little doubt at the very least, but uh, that uh, Vladdy would, would be factoring in in a major way with, with runners in scoring position. But um, it, it is undoubtedly aggravating to see him take hacks and not just work the pitchers but again Emmanuel Classe may be not the right guy uh, to do that let's take one more call before we hit the break again 416-870-0590 590 star 590 on your cell uh Guy joining me from Maple Guy what's on your mind hey show I'll start off by saying that home plate umpire I mean he, sh- he needs to be disciplined but what a terrible terrible umpire I mean that might be the worst umpire game since that series in uh I think it was Chicago last in year Chicago, I think yeah. Yeah remember that uh, that one but yeah this one was pretty tough and maybe maybe the umpires maybe they need to get paid if they if they have good games and and bonuses where if they're in the in the square that you know maybe you you incent them that way and maybe you know they'll change their strike zone i don't know i don't know if it's if it's because that's their strike zone or if they can't see it because if they can't see it they shouldn't be home plate umpires so that's my theory in that um secondly i mean yeah there was a lot of a lot of mistakes uh, made today, and and you went over all of them um, nicely. But I mean, at the end of the day, this team, unfortunately, uh, you know, I, I I had a lot of belief in them. I never liked the lineup from day one. My first, I remember the first call of the season that I made to the to the show was, "Why aren't they playing Whit Merrifield every single day?" And and he basically forced himself into the lineup, and it wasn't nothing that Schneider did. And I just feel that the the moves today. You know, you, you pinch run for Davis Schneider. I can understand if you have the lead by one run and you're thinking you're going to bring in Kiermaier defensively. But, you know, at the end of the day, if you get if they get a, a base hit, 
there's a good chance Schneider's going to score just like Kiermaier. What's he going to What's he going to bring unless he's maybe on third base and it's a fly ball to center or something? So I was really disappointed uh, in in the management of the game. And and to answer the question you had previously, you know who's to blame or what should happen? Uh, they got to get rid of Atkins number one. Schneider's not a, is, is not ready for this role. I don't like the fact that Mattingly uh, he's been too quiet for me. Maybe uh, maybe he's telling Schneider what to do. I don't know. And of course Galeno Martinez. So. Um, those are the four guys. And then finally, I'll leave you with this. And we, we spoke about this a couple of weeks ago. What the hell is Espinal doing on this roster the whole season? Just that alone makes me shake my head on where the, this management team is. If you don't have the depth, go out and get it. If not, bring somebody up. And hopefully, you know, Barger and uh, Martinez, one of them will come up and bring a little bit of life like uh, Schneider. I'll hang up gotcha. and listen. No, hey, Guy, I appreciate your call, man. It's true. I, I think David Schneider, to, to be very quick on him, he, is, I, he has got to play more. And we, we talked about this a lot yesterday, and then he just did it again with another two-run jack today. It is tough to, say, to think that in, in a season where they lose a lot of very close games, that, I mean, it's hard to think that he, he would not have factored into at least some of those games and the record would have been at least a little bit better, but uh, it is true. I am up against it, so I'm going to take a very quick break here. When we come back, read some more of your texts and check out the Bet365 standings update as well. You're listening to Jay's Talk here for a couple more minutes on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Welcome back to Jay's Talk. Show Ali with you for a scant few more minutes as we uh, are going to get pushed out by Sunday Night Baseball in a couple of se- a couple of minutes here. So we'll be very quick as we take a look at the Major League Standings Watch presented by Bet365. Download the Bet365 app and check out the latest odds for today's baseball games. 19 plus play responsibly. Ontario only. The Orioles did lose to the Rockies today. They are 81 and 49. The Rays came back to thump the Yankees. 80 to 52, they stand. The Blue Jays, after the loss, are 71 and 60. Boston, with their loss, the Dodgers, 69 and 62. The Yankees, of course, we mentioned the Rays game. They lose to the Rays, 62 and 68. And in this game is still going on in the 12th inning. You want to be a, a Twins fan for the next uh, maybe like 15, 20 minutes or so. It is tied 6-6, going to the 13th inning. 13 innings for the Rangers and Twins, so you really want the Twins to uh, come through with a big win today. But that's a quick check of the Major League Standings Watch presented by Bet365. I'll, I'll leave with the, these last couple of texts here. Uh, Jeff in Saskatchewan says, that's a must-win game that we couldn't find a way to win. Just brutal. Felt awful lot like a season-ending loss. Uh, thank God I'm not a Leafs fan. And then someone else saying uh, the same thing. Is, is this what it feels like to be a Leafs fan? Mike from Windsor um, Jays fan forever, but what is wrong with this entire team? Let me tell you, I am a Leafs fan. Born and raised in the city of Toronto, but it is a uh, it is a tough one, no doubt. The Nationals come to town tomorrow for the first of three. For Ben Wagner, Madison Shipman, Tom Young, David Sis, Connor Lamont, I'm Sho Ali. Thanks for being with us today. I am uh, off. We would stay longer, but uh, Sunday Night Baseball is next. I am off to... Uh, Eat some weird foods at the CNE. Blair and Parker have you covered for the National Series starting tomorrow. I'm back with Ben Shulman for the Rocky Series. Have a great Sunday, everyone. I'll talk to you later.